everyone. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And um, on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> hello, awkward intros. I don't understand how you can forget. Like, we write a script and it's right in front of you. It is. And you it print is. it out. I do print it out. So I don't get it wrong, but then it wouldn't be awkward. Anyway, um, so on, on this, this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are joined by fat girl in fiction creator, Mary Warren. Um, this is a topic that has been on my list of shows I've wanted to do for the last eight months. And um, things finally worked out. And I have been watching Mary's TikTok um videos over the last couple months and I'm like she's pretty smart and has some really thoughtful things about this topic and mm -hmm. so we invited her to be on the podcast plus she wrote a book she did write a book um will you read Mary's <coughs> bio for us Leah Mary Warren lives in central Illinois with her husband and three children. Her journey to seek out and encourage fat representation began after reading a book that had the fat representation she didn't even know she needed. This spark inspired her to read as many fat main characters as she could. After a while, she became an activist for representation on TikTok under Fat Girls in Fiction and then founded FatGirlsInFiction.com, a website dedicated to the books and authors featuring positive portrayals of fat characters. Since then, she has kept reading and talking about fat girls. She's now also writing about fat girls. <laughs> In March of 2022, she will be contributing to the anthology Curves and Magic. She's also working on a fat girl rom-com all her own um so to the interview welcome to the podcast mary thank you i'm so excited to be here um i am excited to have you join us because i have become a fan of yours through your tiktok platform uh fat mm -hmm. girls in fiction and um you actually pose a lot of questions that make me think. Um, and I'm a big girl. And some of the things you bring up, I never really thought about. <laughs> but this is also something like you have talked about for a long time about wanting to talk about on the podcast. And so it you is. have been very excited that this it is happening. And I don't know what, so that's part of the thing is, is, I feel like you really have a voice of authority and I'm sure you don't know. And I'm sure you'll tell us, I don't know everything. I'm not, I'm, you're learning as you go. Um, but I feel like you kind of have your finger on the pulse of things a little bit. So um, I'm excited to kind of share your knowledge with our listener base, because I think that this is, this is a topic that we're not all talking about, but we should be. Mm -hmm. Um. So start off, let's just start off real quick. What inspired you to start the Fat Girls in Fiction blog, TikTok platform? You have a YouTube channel. What's the inspiration? Well, it all started during the pandemic, like so many of these things start. <laughs> and I, I had been writing books for a while, but none of them ever just went anywhere. And... I was always a fantasy reader. I'd never actually read romance. And then 
I picked up Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade mm-hmm. because of the fan fiction element. And I was like, oh, it's a fat girl in fan fiction element. It'll, it'll be a nice light read. And that book changed my life. Like, I had never see, like read or seen a story where the fat main character is she's who she is she already loves herself and she's just getting a love story mm-hmm. and the way that they talk about her body is a fat body but it's written about in a desirable way and it just made a statement on fatness that I think is has been unmatched in books since then and I was like I need more of these so then I found Talia Hibbert and I read the Brown Sisters and then I was like, I need more, but they're so hard to find. And the ones you can find a lot of times are really bad representation where, you know, she has to like hate herself or lose weight or all of that stuff. So I was like, Ugh, this needs to be easier. So that's why I started the website was that it could just be a database for books with that main characters. And then I, I do a lot of the reviews so that if people are wanting to kind of, you know, read a fat main character, but a lot of people are afraid because they have been burned by books that end up making themselves feel worse about themselves. So sometimes I kind of, you know, take one for the team and read the bad books and Mm -hmm. tell you this representation is not great. Yeah. Well, but I feel like that's the thing. Like people need to be aware that like there are books out there that people are writing where they think they're repping a certain group of people and they're not like one because they don't live that type of life so they don't understand like the mental like headspace that those people are in like I personally like I'm not a big girl like I'm not that big like it's just how I live my life like so like I can understand that concept but I because I'm a, I'm a woman, like I have hangups, I have issues, like who doesn't, like I am small, but jiggly, like, and I'm okay with that. But like, I appreciate the fact that there are people out there like you who are like, this is, I am this person, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times it is where you are in your journey of accepting your own body and accepting fatness is where your book is going to be. So if you haven't unpacked a lot of your own, and we all have fat phobia because we all have grown up in this culture Mm -hmm. where it is just, you're inundated with it day in, like day in and day out, like it's everywhere. So if you haven't done your work to really unpack that, you're going to write it because that's just how brains are. (laughs) Well, that's how they're going to write it. And I sometimes think that we, in the descriptions of main characters and romance, if you actually physically put the person together as the author has written them, big boobs, curvy hips, but is 5'1", you know, but his hands can span her waist. Seriously, how does sister not fall over? <laughs> oh, but also how big are his hands? I mean, there, it's yeah. one hockey romance that I am thinking of. And so, I mean, you know, he's a big guy. He's an athlete. But still, like, she's, you know, described as cute and petite and pocket size with, yeah. like, giant boobs and a big butt. 
erect and curves for days. How does she stand upright? These are the yeah. questions I ask myself. <laughs> and that, that brings a whole other bucket of worms with a bucket of worms. It's a can of worms. I, you know, right? hey, it, it can be a bucket. bucket. Works. Can be a I bucket. mean, actually, it might be a bucket because the bucket is bigger. That's right. It's a whole lot of worms. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot. But the word curvy is was so long synonymous with fat representation, like back in like like 2010 when um, Jennifer Cruzy wrote Bet on Me, mm-hmm. which yep. I think is like a foundational book for where fat representation has like like it was the next step at the time. She and then, started it in contemporary. Yeah. She is who wrote it in contemporary, and then it kind of moved. And there, there's this um, whole community of indie authors that picked up the word curvy and were writing actual plus size characters with the word curvy. And now that word has kind of just turned into hourglass shapes, not yeah. necessarily plus size. And it's confusing for a lot of people in the community. I think curvy has been diluted yep. to explain she's got a butt and she's got hips or, you know, hips and boobs. Um, and it's funny because you bring up bet me that was my, um, touchstone book for fat mm-hmm. rep in fiction. And I actually have met Jennifer Cruzy cause she was a professor at Ohio state and I took a creative writing seminar in the nineties from her and like, yeah, it's amazing that book. And I recently reread it. It does stand up. Like it, it, it does. It holds, it holds up. Um, and, but she even talks about it now. Like she wishes she had done more, like she had put mm-hmm. more into it, but it was 2010. So it's not, it was at the beginning of right. the indie spicy. But I feel like that push. goes to show like the, the thoughtfulness that she puts into it where at the time, like it worked well for like the world, like the way the romance world was going. But now she's like, now that I see the direction it went, maybe I could have made different decisions, but it probably would not have been as well received when it came out if she had done it differently. So, I mean, that's one of those hangups too. It's like, where's the mindset of where things are going and those like buzzwords for the lack of a better term, like which are the best ones to use now? Yeah, um, I think right now there's a lot of movement just behind the word fat, period. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work being done to neutralize the word because a lot of times when we talk about fatness with words like curvy or, you know, just all of the other like fluffy, like there's a lot of cutesy words that can go with it. And what those words... They serve a good purpose because they help people to feel comfortable in their bodies, but they also, I think, can be harmful because they're hiding it. Mm -hmm. And when you're hiding it, you're still saying that there's something innately bad about it. So that's why I work so hard to use the word fat and to let people know. I know not everyone's okay with it. It has been a historically damaging word. I get that. And I know that not everyone is there, but if some people can use it and kind of shake the shame off then maybe it can it can be start to be more acceptable. Yeah, it's interesting because for I don't love the word plus size heroine. And part of the reason I don't like that is you automatically go to just 
fat and dumpy when you hear the word plus size. Plus size clothing clothing is not beautiful. It's not sexy. There's not lingerie necessarily that's, you know, um, that you have is accessible. And one of the words that when we started this journey, I started using instead was real body. You know, we talk about stretch marks because you can be a size 12 or 14 and have curves, but have a real body with imperfections and, you know, hangups and stuff. But there's also like, I can think of several books that would probably be considered plus size heroines, but they're incredibly fit heroines. Mm-hmm. Jacinda Wilder writes her dad bod mm-hmm. series. Those men have very, you know, like realistic men, late 30, 40 bodies, you know, one's tall and skinny and one's a big, you know, like body lifter workout guy. The other guy likes his beer, has a bit of a pouch. But some of the women in that series are also like real bodied. One is, you know, she talks about being 40 and, you know, things are sagging and, (laughs) you know, it's harder. It's harder to like stay on your diet and not just gain weight all the time. It's just really realistic. And then you have others, and I can't think of the author right now, but, um, you know, there are f- women who don't have big cup sizes that are flat-chested or incredibly rail-thin, um, but also are dealing with eating disorders and body dysmorphia just like fat people are. So one of the terms that I started using was real body, and I actually have had several people call me out and say that's not appropriate, that I'm taking away from the plus size. I don't know what's right and wrong anymore with this. But the thing with plus size, if you go on the technicality, like a plus size model is a size 10. Like in like the industry of life, like a 10 is a plus size model. I don't feel like a 10 is plus size. I feel like a 10 is an average bodied person. Like that is the average size of a US like citizens like body cuz when you look for pants, you can never find a 10 because I used to wear the 10 and the 10 never like was found. But, and that's, and I think that's the hang up with like plus size for me. It's like plus size is not necessarily plus sized. Well, and I had read recently that the average size of an American woman is a, between a 16 and an 18. Oh, that it has changed so- since I have looked into it. It's been a while. <laughs> The average size is actually plus size. Mm-hmm. And the word, the term plus size itself is another othering term. It's saying this is the normal range of clothing and this is plus that. So there's this and then there's plus. And it's just everywhere you turn, it it's, it's a way of othering saying even when the, it's done in a way that doesn't seem harmful, it's still othering, which still adds that level of shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, it's one of those. And I think it's, again, it's because I've always been a bigger girl. So plus size, the, you know, half size. So, you know, I was a 14 and a half as a child, you know, cause I had to have the, you know, bigger sizes. It's just, I don't know. It's probably my own fat shame. <laughs> like internalized um but I don't know plus size like doesn't work for me yeah it doesn't well because it almost like creates this whole separate group like you're not just a woman you're a plus size woman but like that doesn't define a person like 
honestly, who gives a fuck what size people are? Like, as long as they're nice people, because you can have a really skinny person who is not nice at all. That does not make them a better person. And I think, I mean, the same goes with like health because so often health is such a buzzword for fatness mm-hmm. and people are concerned for your health when they're actually not, they're just don't like that you're fat because yeah. you don't, you don't have, um, you know, health concerns, concerns for a thin stranger on the internet. It's only the fat strangers on the internet. You have concerns about their health. <laughs> well, and that's something that I see in romance that don't know how to feel about it so if we're reading a fat rep romance so we have a heroine that is larger size always always there is someone in the book that plays the role of the villain that comes at them with concern of their health or the mother that's trying to get them to diet Mm -hmm. and honest to God. I mean, cause even in Olivia Dade's book, she has that, like the mothers are, you know, not accepting of, um, the daughters. And part of me just wants to scream because genetics, you're probably not this tiny little flower yourself. And also like, can't we just have one mom that loves her child for who she is and what size she is? Like, does everybody have to have slim fat shake teen years or something when i look at books like the brown sisters talia i mean there is never a disparaging word about fatness in those books and there are other books like that where a fat person just gets to exist and have a happy ending and not have to deal with that and i like those books i do think that there are there's space for all stories about fatness there's space for learning to love yourself there's space for just fat joy and there's space for I love it when a book can deal with something where you're like oh my god that's so true like in all the feels when Olivia Day talks about what it's like to fly on a plane as a fat person and you're just like oh my god like just that like anxiety of getting a seatbelt extender the bruising on your legs because you don't fit into the seat and like all of those things are so relatable and I think when you see someone talk about them in a neutral way like that it does healing like it's it's healing when you're like other people experience this yeah and it it makes you feel less alone it does I do get so I think that there sometimes is a fine line though in plus size romance where they fetishize the plus the fatness um and versus this is just rep of who this character is um Especially, like, I have a list of words. I have a list of words that I just hate. Pillowy is one of my hate words. (laughs) My boobs are not made of cotton, people. Because they (laughs) hurt my back. (laughs) I do. I have a list of words. Becky read a book recently where pillowy was described, like, used. She facetimes me and she's like i have to complain about this i do and just she just went off for a few minutes because she was just a little angry about it just i wish we could create a database of words i didn't notice it on your website so if you need help let me know (laughs) well i think so many times words are 
subjective and some words that bother people don't bother other people it's like romance authors have the same problem with describing other body parts like sometimes people are like don't say folds and sometimes people are like don't say the lady envelope oh (laughs) oh my gosh that's our special word we were trying to help an author who could not she doesn't like the word pussy so she won't use it in her books and she's like i need other words and honest to god she put in her book the word rusty gates the the rusty gates opened with her lubrication and i'm like don't ever use that word again use lady envelope that's better but is it the only words that really bother me and i don't think should be in a book that you're writing about a fat person is obese and morbidly obese like those are very harmful terms in this day and age because medical discrimination is such a life-threatening issue for fat people and and it's that word holds so much trauma it does i don't even i don't even mind the word chunky Mm -mm. i don't mind the word big bodied i don't mind the word fluffy like i don't hate the word fluffy you can call me fluffy um but yeah obese i think some of the words used though it's in the context in which they're used like the pillowy thing like it might not bug you if it was used in a different way but i like when they talk about soft stomachs Mm -hmm. or full thighs um Like, I, I was trying to think, I know that there is a book I have read, it hasn't been recent, where that he talks about, like, her thighs being so big that it, like, sucks him in when he's, you know, doing oral sex. And I'm like, yes! Yes, yeah. yes, yes! Because, hey, I can relate to that. Right. And I love when they can use it as something good. Like, I'm going to go again for another Olivia Day book. And spoiler alert, when he talks about how when she's on top and he can try and move her as much as he wants, but he can't because she's so heavy. Like, and it's, yeah. it's said in a hot way. Like he thinks it's really hot that like, you know, so that he can't I, move her. She's in control yeah. and he is stuck. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it depends on how it's used and what the intention is behind it. Um, so one of the things that bugs me and I'm curious on your take on this because I went looking for fat rep romances, like making a concerted effort to read things before this episode. Why are so many contemporary romances that have fat rep in them fake relationships? Why can't a fat girl find love without it being a fat, f- fake relationship? Yeah. I hate it. There's a lot of that. And then there's also a lot. Another thing that I see is putting in monster romance and, and in historical romance, putting them with Highlanders or with orcs so that they're these big guys so that mm-hmm. you can still have her small and dainty. But the fa- the fake relationships, yeah, I, I hadn't noticed that until I saw that on, on what you had written that we were going to talk about. Because yeah, it does happen a lot. I just like fake dating. So I don't think I realized. And also... I have read 200 fat romances, so I don't really know what's in non-fat romances. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I read across the spectrum, you know, I'm a 400 book a year kind of girl uh, because of my day job and because of 
the podcast in the community and um and I've been reading romance for a long time. A long time. You don't have to quantify it. Just say a long time. Just a long time. (laughs) You don't want to quantify it. No, no, no. Decades. Um, So I have a diverse knowledge of romance and where it's come from and where we're going. And it wasn't, though, until recently, because I was super excited to see a book with a, it was a picture. So it was a picture cover of a couple she is plus size on the cover. Like it is very obvious she is fat and it's a fake relationship. I love a fake relationship. Like I read a ton of them. We did a whole trope talk episode mm-hmm. on fake relationships. And I can give you hundreds of book recs that are fake relationships. But when I specifically saw that, I thought, huh. And then I started thinking I had well, read but another. You went, you went back and looked through your fake relationships yeah. too. And so many of the plus side heroine books that I like, and some of them are like, I love Muffin Top from Avery Flynn. Her latest book, um, Mansplainer, it's, um, she is older, age gap, and plus size. And again, both of those are fake relationships. Piper Rain's My Fake Fiance. Mm -hmm. Fake. Like, I just... It just was really frustrating for me Um, because I was like, wait, I didn't have a fake relationship to find my guy. And I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know. It just bugs me. They're good stories. I just wish that we could find love, you know, coworkers, meet cutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking back through some of my recent reads, and I actually haven't read all that many. Like, I've read some, like, How to Fake a Wedding Date, like, the Harlequin one that's just coming out, and there's a couple. But, yeah. Technically, Bet Me is a fake relationship, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so is one of my all-time favorites, Danny Brown, so. Yeah. No, it just was, it just made me think, like, what, what, Why? Why does it have to be that? Can't it be something else? Um, okay, so what else did we want to talk about? Because I have so many questions here. Um, I actually noticed today on your TikTok, you were talking about ab covers. And I will tell you, I love an ab cover. I like a healthy ab cover. Give them all to me. I, like, I am a fool for an illustrated cover but I hate discrete covers. Like everybody who listens to the podcast has heard me go on and on about them because again, let's not feel shame for what we're reading. Let's right. show the world. But I also realize that I live in a position of privilege and you know, blah, blah, blah. But you talked about the ab cover and do we, why don't we see men that have dad bods, you know, cause not all guys have abs. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think sometimes finding fat heroes is even harder than finding fat heroines. And I, I, and I think there's two reasons with, with the fat books that I read is that for so long, women in fat bodies have been denied that even just that fantasy. Like if you even fantasize about a guy like that it's a joke and so 
having a book where you get that is it, it is nice but then in the same breath you're also saying that this body type is the ideal that you're saying this is the fantasy and when i'm i would like body neutrality we're not there yet we still need fat liberation and body positivity to move it we're just not at body neutrality yet but i think that's the goal and you can't have body neutrality when you're still saying there are desired body types yeah um i will tell you if you haven't read danica flynn's accidentally in love it is a um dude with a beer belly and a big giant beard he's a grumpy lumberjack who is a brewmaster he's a grumpy lumberjack (laughs) But he's not really a lumberjack because he's a brewmaster. He owns a f- brewery. Um, and Jacinda Wilder, if you haven't read her Dad Bod series, it's the Dad Bod Construction series. All types of bodies, both the heroes and the heroines. And I highly recommend those. I was trying to think what else. Jacinda does write a lot of different sized well, men and women. So she has a variety of sizes for like all of her characters, but Jacinda and Jack do like a really great job of getting it right. And that's one of the keys with their books is it doesn't matter whether it's the male being like the bigger like body style, like or the female being the bigger body style, like they, it works really well in every book that I've read from them. I think some of my favorite ones with the the a fat male lead have been um oh, weather is a weather girl by Rachel oh. Song. Mm-hmm. That one had that, and then also um, Zeddy by Rebecca Weatherspoon is probably my favorite. Janika Snow has a few too. They're novellas that have mm-hmm. um, different you know guy oh, sizes. And I have noticed a trend that there is. Typically, novella writers will write the bigger hero because Jessica Kane has like a whole like husky series. Um, and there's three or four other authors that I, I'm drawing a blank on names right now, but like they all write novellas, but they typically like they are don't shy away from that larger hero. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I thought was an interesting thing that it's like no, novella authors are like going for that. It's interesting. Well, Go ahead. Okay. What I think is interesting, and I have found it in Fat Rep a lot, is that where it's going starts with indie. Like the mm-hmm. representation starts there and bleeds out into trad publishing. So having a lot more body diversity is happening a lot right now in indie romance. And it's slowly trickling into bigger books, but it just takes a while. See, and I think it's kind of the opposite. I actually think that traditional publishing is really pushing the full-sized, you know, real-bodied fat rep books. Because if you think about it, Julie Murphy and Sarah Simone have Merry Little Meet Cute coming out. Weather Girl, that's a trad pub book. Olivia Dates, she's trad pub. Um, Talia Hibbert and the Brown Sisters, those are trad pub. I think that... um, I think that indie it needs to play catch up on this. Really? I do because as I sit here and I think like so I read have you read Mary Carr? She writes all body sizes. She mm-hmm. has an Irish pub series and she's got a series coming out right now that's the Italian Stallion series. It's a small town, all these Italian families in upstate New York. And 
the her last book that came out, Hard and Fast, she's a nerdy heroine. She's a gamer um, with long hair, quirky T-shirts, very, very quirky. Mm-hmm. And she's described as having big boobs and a squishy belly. But then you look at her cover and everyone called me out on her cover saying, well, she doesn't look like a plus size heroine on the cover. She doesn't, but she actually looks bigger than half the other heroines. So to me, she looks like she's probably a size 10 or a 12, Um, which, you know, I think cover models are hard in real pictures to find plus size cover models. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was a great book and it was great rep. But then when I was recommending it to someone, they're like, yeah, the cover doesn't match that description. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. And then it made me feel bad because I was like, the book's good. Covers are huge, huge problem because Mm -hmm. especially historical covers, like they don't even try to to match. (laughs) No, But it's like, I so many indie writers want to have the representation on the cover that they have in the book but it's not there in stock photos and so if it's not there you can't it's so cost prohibitive to get the cover that you want Mm -hmm. if it's not in stock photos and it's it's a big problem which is why a lot of um the rep is like is illustrated covers now i love an illustrated cover i do Um I'm a fool but, for them. <laughs> Buy them. Really do not like them. And then it's really hard to get fat rep because, and then a lot of times you can tell they like tried to blow up the body. So it just looks all out of proportion. Mm-hmm. And it's a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Brenda Rothart and Kat Mazira wrote a hockey romance, their book two in their St. Louis Maverick. She is a plus size lingerie model. And it was very well done mm-hmm. and not a fake relationship. It was not a fake relationship. It was a bachelor auction. She buys him at a bachelor auction. Right. It was very well done. It was really, I mean, but, but she's I was trying also to a look. boss bitch in that book. Like she is like in charge of like her destiny. <laughs> I really like that character. <laughs> um, I think Molly O'Hare does a really good job of writing a variety of uh tropes with uh fat characters um yeah i don't i'm i was trying i went i'm looking through my list which is why i'm like oh there's this person and there's this Um, person maybe mitchell does a really good job Mm -hmm. and um julia wolf has quite a few that i like do not get me started on julia wolf i am a fool for her books Oh, like, okay. I thought no, it was going to be bad. No, like, in the best ways. In the okay. best way. Like, Leah's so tired of hearing me, like... <laughs> no, I actually, I, I downloaded do. a Rockstar Romance on my Kindle the other day because Becky's like, you have to read this. And I don't, I don't love a Rockstar Romance. It's just, I... Oh, hers are good. That's what I hear and what, what Becky, like, talks about constantly. So, it's on my uh, list. Control Freak by Brianna Hale is a great rep of a very thin woman who is, you know, um, no curves, like just, again, it's kind of that spectrum. Like not everybody has big boobs and a small waist and a nice butt. And, you know, there has to be rep for everyone, 
Um, but yeah, Julia Wolf is really good. Ugh. There's a couple others that are out there. Uh, Kylie Scott, she has mm-hmm. a few that have some really great. Sydney Landa, I was trying to look. I'm looking through my list to see, like, trad pub versus indie, but like. Kate Stamen London, the one to watch. Did you read? Did you read that book? Yeah, that's really great rep. But that's trad pub. Yeah, I'm not even sure that it's really great rep. You didn't think it was great rep? No, I thought that there was so much fat trauma in there. There was so much I felt like they were just throwing at her. Like every horrible experience a fat woman can have dating, she had in that book, and it just felt too traumatic for me. See, and for me, it was reaffirming that I wasn't alone and the only one who experienced those kind of things. So, I mean, I see that. I could see where it would be bad. Um, But yeah, for me, it was kind of a, oh, look, I'm not a freak. (laughs) Other people have had these experiences. But that goes to show too, like different, like the way in which an author writes it hits different people in a different way. Like mm-hmm. while one person might think it is amazing rep and it's like therapeutic for them to read that, like somebody else is like, this is not okay for me. Like this is kind of a trigger for me and I'm not liking that. But that also goes to show like not every book is for everybody. Right. Um, Mary, do you wish that authors would consult a sensitivity reader if they're gonna write a fat heroine? especially if they are not fat themselves because i have read oh god what was the one i just read i'll have to look it up but it, the rep itself like the story between the characters wasn't terrible rep it was a baseball romance i'll have it on my list um sorry no it's fine pitch please by um lanny lynn vale the the hero, the heroine was mm-hmm. great, and the hero liked her for who she is and, and didn't say a disparaging thing about her. But the world around them was so fat phobic. Mm-hmm. Like it used the word. I think she was the one who she wanted to lose a little bit of weight just because she was obese and didn't want to be considered obese anymore. Like things like that. Like someone got her a Fitbit and she was like, there are these things that keep track of your steps. I didn't know how much I stayed still. And I'm like, what fat person doesn't know what a Fitbit is? Yeah. <laughs> a fat person can tell you how to lose weight better than any thin person can. Like that's just the, how it goes. And like, the traditional like the athletes he was a baseball player all of them one of them was a clean eater and he was always like well I have to eat like this I don't want to get tubby when I lose when I stop playing the game and so it's just those side characters made the book really awful to read even though the relationship between the two was done thoughtfully yeah I think if they'd had a sensitivity reader I could have been like whoa all of this stuff needs to come out and then you'll be fine yeah um I it's interesting, especially if the author isn't fat, but I had a similar experience, but with an author who is what I would consider fat, uh, Tony Alio, she wrote a book in her, um, she has several characters that are plus size, full size characters, fat characters in her books. And every single one goes on an exercise, exercise regimen only has sex in the dark, 
um, is t- constantly talking about dieting and weight and being a, um, oh, keto dieting and stuff like that. And then I look at like her social media and I'm like, oh yeah, she's obsessed with her own CrossFit training and she's constantly talking about her weight and what she's wearing and what she's eating. And I'm like, okay, this was really reflective of your journey, but it's not reflective of my journey as a fat person. And really, you just made me so mad. I'm never reading a book from you again. Because turn the fucking lights on. I have a lot of books from her on my TBR. I haven't gotten to them yet, but yeah. We can talk about those, Mary. Anytime you want, sister friend. (laughs) I I will fill you in. (laughs) There seems to be this line, and I feel like it's like, 2017 2018 where the the rep shifted and it became a much safer and less harmful like they, there's still filters in on either side like you know what I mean like you yeah. have your outliers but there seemed to be a shift in the way um that rep was written around that time yeah and so if I'm reading something pre I think 2017 is just what's in my brain I'm always like buckle up <laughs> you gotta get ready <laughs> Her recent one that was a plus size heroine was 2021. So, um, must be enough. But I will say, Lexi Ryan, our top one of our top books of last year was Mm -hmm. Lexi Ryan's "Every Time I Fall." It's book three. It's in her. It is. It is amazing in her Orchid Valley series because you always say it wrong. Say Orchid Orchid Valley. It's her Orchid Orchid Valley (laughs) series, and um. It is Abby. done s- with such care mm-hmm. and love. And um, Lexi's very honest about her own um, journey in being fat. And, you know, she does she does CrossFit, but it's just because she's trying not to end up with type 2 diabetes. And, you know, it's not so much like a diet is like I can still eat ice cream if I do this kind of thing. Um, but... Abby is this heroine that um, loves her body. She loves who she is and she moves out in, within the world. She's a pastry chef and a cook at a very high-end spa that her friend owns. And the hero is her brother's best friend. And um, at first she thinks that he is like trying to take her to his gym to work out like on a date and she well, like uses because, her big girl words and is like, well, stop. because she went on a date, like she talks about how she went on a date with a guy who was like talking about like all of this health stuff with her and he wasn't doing it in a malicious way. Like he just was really kind of clueless because like she sees him later in the book and is like, Hey, just so you know, you don't want to do this again because it was kind of rude. And he's like, Oh, I did not realize that I do that. And that was one thing that really stood out to me in that book too, is like, there's this guy who like, is just kind of oblivious to the fact that he was doing these things. Cause like, it wasn't in a malicious way. Like he was a kind guy. Like the date was fine. She just was like, I don't want a salad. And he's like, appreciated the fact that like, she opened his eyes to the fact that he was kind of a dumbass. He's like, maybe I shouldn't do that. It's like that moment in spoiler alert when like Marcus invites April to work out with him just because he has to get on a plane and he has to work out and it's the last moment he's Mm going to get to spend with her. And then she's all like, 
uh-uh, I've done this before and we're done. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but highly recommended. If you haven't read Every Time I Fall by Lex Ryan, it was one of our top reads of last year. And it's really I just, good. I felt in, Abby. Like, well, like, and, but Dean is so swoony in the, in the care that he treats her and like the way that he... Cause she has hangups, like she's a normal, like human being in this book. And so, but the way that Dean comes around and like brings Abby's thinking to a different level is just really swoony too. So I love a cinnamon roll for a fat heroine more than anything. I'm not a super like morally gray, like that's just not my property. <laughs> I like cinnamon rolls. I like respectful kings. Like I want, because I think it is so common in the fat experience to have that moment where you're asked out as a joke or to have that moment where you're hidden from somebody. So to have a hero who you never have to doubt their intentions, who claims you openly and publicly getting to that fake relationship thing and all of those things serve a fat main character so well and can be healing to read so i love it yeah um i i yes and actually i think 40 love by uh olivia dade he is like the epitome mm-hmm. of like with the lights on and you know cinnamon roll squishy in the middle just good guy he is a little dumb <laughs> he's a little dumb in that book but i did love him um okay mary you mentioned in the beginning of the episode you're writing a book i am it comes out september 20th so so exciting and the title a highlander for hannah okay and um is that going to be available on all platforms or is it going to go to kindle unlimited what's your plan sister you're going wide so it'll be everywhere um give us a little bit of background about who hannah is and and who's, I, who's this Highlander? See, the thing is, is that I love Outlander, but I don't necessarily love the violence in Outlander. So I decided to bring the hero, the hero to the future and make it a rom-com. So like, instead of like battling people from to protect her body, he has to figure out how to send an email. <laughs> Those types of things. And she is... Um, a fat woman who used to be a lawyer and has found herself that she doesn't really want to do that. She's had a lot of relationships where she has to take care of the person. And so she is looking for someone who she doesn't have to take care of and who can live her life with her. And then she gets a love spell and gets sent a Highlander from the past who she can't send back for six months. So oh, she's stuck with him. <laughs> Delightful. Delightful. That sounds really good. So September 20th, and it'll be available wherever you get books. Um, so guys, make sure you pre-order that, and we'll make sure we link it in our on-the-shelf show notes. Um, do you have a top fat read of 2022 you think everyone should absolutely pick up? All right, of 2022, I have to look back. I know like all times it has got to be all the feels by Olivia Dade because I there are some times when you feel represented and then there's some times where it's just identity theft (laughs) (laughs) I love that (laughs) this is about me this is my book um I have shipwrecked I have an arc of shipwreck and I am 
Cannot wait. It's on the TBR. And Merry Little Meat Cute by Julie Murphy and Sarah Simone. Have you read it yet? I that one I haven't. I just got the physical TBR. Um, the physical copy. I yeah. I she's a plus size adult film star. You know, I I just I cannot believe Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone wrote a book together. I'm like, Julie you know, Murphy's they're like best friends. They're like best friends. So I think I got on a big monster romance kick earlier in the summer when I decided I was done with men as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved, um, I think it was called Thorn's Dove. And it's an orc and a girl like that one is probably my favorite monster romance I've read this year. And you should talk to Katie Robert. Like you guys could probably adapt and add to the spreadsheet. She's (laughs) very comprehensive. (laughs) Electric Idol is really high up there for me in the reads for this year as well. Like that was flawless rep. I loved it. She does good rep, I think, because she has a couple other books that have plus size, full size heroines. I don't even know what the word I'm supposed to use. Fat heroines. (laughs) That's the other thing, too. Like, you know, what are we supposed to do? Just tell me. I'll do it. (laughs) No, you won't. You'll do what you want. I won't. I I pretty much will do what I want. Because it just, to me, it's just real bodies. Like, these are human people. These are what their bodies are like. So my favorite, most recent read with plus size representation, fat, whatever you want to say, um, after I was on Milagro Street, it was so good. It's on my Kindle and everybody keeps telling me I promised myself I would read it before the end of August. So yeah, it, um, it's it's heavier than a lot of romances because there's she sprinkles in a lot of history in it. And what I also love is, so it's kind of grumpy sunshine, but the girl I love when the girl gets to be grumpy especially a fat girl gets to be grumpy because that never happens like no so I'm here for that and it's almost like she's almost bristly enough that you don't really like her but then you kind of understand why she is the way she is and it's wonderful okay that's just getting bumped up on my tbr leah just in case you're wondering i'm I'm not (laughs) surprised by any of those statements no (laughs) rabbit holes be damned i'm going in now (laughs) (laughs) um okay so highlander for hannah comes out september 20th Mm -hmm. um and you can find great uh fat girls in fiction reps on your website fatgirlsinfiction.com i believe it is and we will have it linked on all of our uh on our on the shelf show notes so you guys will be able to find mary all the places like her TikTok and YouTube and all that good stuff. Mary, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and chat with me about this and talk with us. Anytime. I I could talk about this stuff forever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We, we get that. We, we, that's why we started a podcast to make people listen to us talk about all the stuff we want to talk about. (laughs) Um, So again, thank you so much. And uh, Highlander for Hannah will be out September 20th. She was delightful. I'm it glad was. we shared all those book bricks and talked about all the things. Yeah, we blew up people's TBRs because that's what we like to do. 
Yeah. Um, and I do have a dedicated shelf in my Goodreads for real bodied rep. Um, and I have a bunch of new books to add over there that I want to read. So, well, and after, after we said goodbye and we're saying goodbye, I got a lot of monster wrecks. She did. She talked about, and she also didn't mention that she is part of another anthology called I Am the Fire that comes out November 1st with proceeds going to the National Abortion Fund. Um, mm -hmm. And then she talked about The Time I Got Drunk, the two books, The Time I Got Drunk and... Um, Saved a Demon. Was one and of then them. And yeeted a spell at a werewolf. <laughs> So, and again, the covers are adorable. So, you know, guess what's going to have to end up on my shelf pretty soon. Yeah. Um, okay, Leah, we got things going on. We have lots of things going on. So first off, we have Readathon coming up. So we will be celebrating National Read-A-Book Day on September the 5th. <clears throat> National Read-A-Book Day calls all book lovers to indulge in their favorite hobby, guilt-free, bringing new worlds to life, books enlighten us and bring us to the ever sought after HEA. We are celebrating with 14 of our favorite authors all day live on the YouTube. And Becky will be joined by podcast contributor, Carolina, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, you can find the full list of authors at bookcaseandcoffee.com backslash backslash 2022 readathon. The fun thing about this is you can go in and out. So if there's an author you really want to see, you can pop in after they're done. You can pop back out. It's like, you don't have yeah. to hang out all day with Becky and Carolina, but you should, because it's going to be awesome. And we have some amazing authors joining us and some new authors that we've never mm -hmm. featured, um, in episodes or interviews. So I'm excited for first meets with some of these authors. Yeah. It's going to be a fun day. Um, and it's a great mix, too, of indie authors and traditional published authors. So that also, I think, adds a lot, too. Uh, plus, you can expect some community favorites to pop in throughout the of, day. Of course. Can't say no. Hey, Leah, guess what? What? Final week summer reading challenge is upon it is, us. It's the final countdown. It's the final countdown. So we should have had the like the sound for it. You mean like we have an echo? Yeah. Tell our um, producer he's <laughs> dropping the ball. Uh, the producer's trying to get me to buy a new soundboard, so we have an echo. So yes. um, this week's uh, so it's week fourteen summer reading challenge. This week, our sponsoring authors are author Kelly K and Krista Sandor. Like two of the most chaotic, wonderful people we know, are the final week of summer reading challenge. It's a lot of K's too. It is a lot of K's. Um, I will be live with grand prize sponsoring author Jay Salmon on eight twenty four on TikTok. So when this episode, not eight twenty four. What's the day on that one? 8-28, August the 28th, Sunday the 28th, the day this episode drops. That night, I will be live with author Jay Salmon on TikTok because the Boston Bachelor Billionaire series. Did I get it in right order? Probably not. No, I think it's the Billionaire Boston Bachelors. No. I don't know. It's the Abbott Fritz series, which is what it should have been called, will be coming to an end in September. And we launched that series last year 
at readathon. Can you believe it's over? No, I'm very upset and sad about this. <clears throat> anyway, anyway. And Dr. Untouchable, which releases on September the 12th, fat rep in that book. Nice. So, anyway, uh, grand, prize grand prize sponsoring authors for Summer Reading Challenge are Jay Salmon, Riley Edwards, Abby Millsaps, Samantha Lind, Jiffy Kate, and Kim Lorraine. Um, so you just have one week left to enter all the books you've read from May 25th until September 1st. We still have four more prize packs to award, and those will go out. We will announce those winners on September 1st. And then the grand prize will be gifted to someone on September the 2nd. So summer reading challenge is almost over. It is. And then we're taking a little break from challenges. It is a challenge break. Um, it's Haley, I guess what time it is for the book, book of, of, the of week. The week. week. You know, when I was sick, I missed doing that like a lot. I know. You should just I tell your to... children you're going to do it with them. I Guys, should've. guess what time it is? They told, well, the youngest would have, the oldest would have just like rolled his eyes at me. It's truth. <clears throat> What's your what book of the your... week? Tell you first. Okay, so I finished the Falcon Falls, the three book Falcon Falls series from Brittany Sahin. Um, I can't really say I have a favorite one. I, I just finished the Guarded one because it's book three and it was very good. But so Sydney is the heroine in that and Beckett is the hero. Sydney is a badass. Like she is, she is hot stuff and I love her. And Beckett is, he's a swoony cinnamon roll single like they're both single parents and their exes are kind of trash both of them and it's like an instant connection dirty talking alpha when he's in in the moment it's very good Which i like this all in for i do i do like a dirty talking alpha I do. What about you? What was your book of the week? <laughs> so I Excuse fell me. down a Kaylee Ryan rabbit hole. We are referring yes. to it as the Ryan, the Ryan roundup of chaos. The Ryan roundup of chaos. So this is to replace my year of salmon. I am now in the Ryan roundup of chaos. It was the um, summer of salmon. <laughs> I read Beyond the Game by Kaylee Ryan. It is book two in her baseball series. This is the story of Paisley and Cam. Their actual meet cute is on a kiss cam. Like they have a really intense kiss on a kiss cam. Uh, cam is in the stands watching. He is a minor league baseball player and he happens to be in town in Nashville and is at the game and sits down next to Paisley. Um, and Paisley is the daughter of a retired first baseman for the team and the hero of the team. Um, and Cam, in the beginning of the book, is called up to the majors and Paisley works as a trainer for the team. And Paisley has to figure out if Cam is with her because of her or is it because of her dad. In the past, she's been used for people to get access to her famous dad. Um, Cam is a swoony hero who is all in, like, from the beginning. And it is I a mean, little bit of a slow burn. But they had a really hot kiss cam kiss. Yeah, he doesn't want to have sex with her until she realizes that he's all in. And he she knows that she... sex with her. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, 
Paisley is a very thoughtful character. She questions a lot of things that he does and choices that he makes. And she does this through the whole story. And it's clear. She's very clear with her boundaries. And when it comes to dating and expectations. And I like that there was expectations of both of them for behaviors in this book. And they were spelled out. It wasn't just assumed expectations. It was very clearly. So there's a lot of well done communication. Yes. Well, well done communication. Now I will say this book did have a third act breakup-ish sort of, um, but it makes sense. And it created the impact it needed to create. So, Uh, okay, let's do a Patreon update. Okay. We are so grateful for our Patreon supporters like Jenna, Ophelia, Christina G and Jenny. Um, we recently updated our Patreon perks. Some of our perks include monthly swag packs, bonus episodes of Should I Read It and Buzzing After Dark, Drunk Book Club merch discounts, because we do have our very own merch store now. Quarterly, I totally almost read that wrong. Quarterly reading journals, um, another round episodes, Coffee of the Month Club, and bi monthly author roundtables, which are starting in September. Our very first author roundtable we are hosting. And it will feature author Jamie Davenport. Sorry, I said that weird. Jamie Davenport. Um, Her roundtable is going to take place on September 14th. And details can be found at patreon.com backslash bookcase and coffee. You can join the community while helping to support the podcast by joining us over on Patreon. And we would really love to hit our goal of 40 Patreons by the end of the year. You can also find details at Patreon dot com backslash bookcase and coffee and i'm super excited about the swag packs so like they're pretty awesome because you know i love a sticker yeah becky becky has a, a fondness of stickers well we have some cool stuff like author sawyer bent bennett sent us the logos for her teams mm-hmm. so like the august swag pack included a sticker of the arizona vengeance logo and September is going to feature the Pittsburgh Titan logo. Like, and those oh, are exclusive, like, yeah. bookcase and coffee buzzing about romance things at yeah, this time. Yeah, because she does not have any stickers out in the world. So those are exclusive to us, which is exciting. Um, and speaking of our friend Sawyer Bennett, she is our September Drunk Book Club author. She is. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's- She's going to add to the chaos. She is going to add to the chaos because she is chaotic herself. So uh, we are reading Codename Hacker, and it's part of the Jameson Force series and can absolutely be read as a standalone. You can machete the heck out of that series. And even though it will hurt her, Leah will agree with me. I do, because this is actually a series that I came into like late. I have not. I have like (laughs) macheted past ones now but i can attest while i do not condone this behavior you may machete the jameson force series and read hacker because bb is like badass heroine 101 well but her hero is pretty pretty it's pretty great too um so on our next episode we are having our first ever i licked him first book boyfriend tour um 
we will each be disclosing our top seven book boyfriends. I have of all time, but we kind of had some limitations on us. So these are our top seven, like that we. Which let me just say, it's really hard to narrow it down to, well, originally we were going to do five and yeah, clearly seven. we couldn't do that. So now we have seven. Um, and we are also going to announce the top community winner of the I Licked Him First book boyfriend vote. Um, so that's next time on Buzzing About Romance. I'm very excited. It's going to be such a fun episode. It is. <clears throat> and look for some I Licked Him First book boyfriend themed merch coming to mm -hmm. our Teespring merch store which is linked on our website so yes um anyway new merch is dropping almost weekly right now mm. while we fill the storefront with cool stuff yeah anyway until next time everyone happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review if you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.